Welcome back to Fleeky Foods and Friends, my podcast. I'm Liz. I run the Instagram account Fleeky Foods, and today's very special guest is Taylor, and Taylor has a sulfite allergy. In today's episode, we talk all about what her sulfite allergy is, what foods have sulfites, and what happens if she does have a sulfite. It was so interesting hearing about this allergy as someone who's dairy-free and gluten-free. I have never met anyone else with a sulfite allergy, and it was crazy hearing Taylor's experience being misdiagnosed and all the super scary allergic reactions that she had. So I hope you guys learn from this episode as much as I do and learn all about how much she likes making her own bread. I thought that was so fun. I need to make my own bread soon. If you guys like this episode, please feel free to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. And if you have any requests for guests or topics you want me to talk about, just DM me on Instagram. Like I said, it's Fleeky Foods. That's F-L-E-E-K-Y Foods. And without further ado, let's talk to Taylor. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, If you want to kind of tell the listeners a little bit about yourself before we kind of get into the bulk of it. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Taylor. I'm from New York. I work as an associate project manager in the city, but I'm currently at home. Um, I was diagnosed with a sulfite allergy in October of 2019 after about 10 years of, you know, weird symptoms, chronic illnesses, a whole slew of crazy reactions, and this and that. Um, So yeah, so basically I'm allergic to preservatives, and I created my Instagram account on my website, The Natural Eater, because I wanted to share my experience with it and also just help others kind of navigate that once they're diagnosed or if they want to learn more about preservatives. Awesome. So I know you kind of touched on when you got diagnosed, but do you want to go a little bit further into like how you got diagnosed, when exactly you got diagnosed, and just kind of everything that surrounded that diagnosis of your sulfite allergy? Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's, it is a long story. I'll try to keep it relatively brief. No problem. <laughs> Um, The gist of it was that I had reactions to weird things such as medications and random foods such as peanuts and coconut and things starting when I was about 14. Um, I had a very severe reaction to my wisdom tooth surgery when I was 14 and I ended up in the hospital for a couple of days. I was, you know, passing out. They thought I had a bad reaction to the medication or just was dehydrated, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, That passed then you know, growing up, I just had like anxiety and like IBS. I was always flushed. It was just like a rosy kid. I'm Irish. So (laughs) we thought that was just a normal part of things. Um, And I, you know, went to college and I started to get a little bit sicker. I had like a right side pain Um, for two years into college. I would be running and just have this horrible right side pain. Um, Like I couldn't catch my breath. And then I was so sick with my stomach, uh, acid reflux, really bad IBS just couldn't really keep food in my body a lot of times. It was always worse on weekends when I was like not making my own food and maybe drinking alcohol or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I was 21, so about three years ago, I actually developed asthma. And that was something I never really had or didn't pinpoint that I had. And it got to the point where I really couldn't walk, like even walk to class. I was so sick. I, I really couldn't catch my breath. And I would wake up in the middle of the night on weekends, just like not able to catch my breath at all. I was like, vomiting and like almost passing out and just very strange symptoms um, when I thought I was doing nothing wrong. I didn't think I was eating anything I was allergic to. I didn't think foods were a problem. Um, and, you know, people were like, oh, you're anxious, this and that. <laughs> so yeah, 
Um, so then leading up to last October, I, in May, I was starting to get really, really sick with my stomach. And I was actually, before this, six months before this, I was sick all the time with like upper respiratory infections, stomach virus, colds, constantly sick, no immune system at all. And then in May, my stomach got really sick. I was in Chicago on vacation and I had like this little episode where I was, you know, I thought I was going to pass out, I thought I was going to throw up, I didn't really know what was happening to me. I couldn't catch my breath, just very scary situations that I found myself in while I was traveling or, you know, out to eat or something like this, just very uncomfortable things. Um, And then I started training for a half marathon and that was from, I trained from April to October and it was October 6th that I had the half marathon and I would, you know, I was doing great. It's my first time long distance running. So I was learning, but I was doing fine. But I noticed that the more I ran, the worse my breathing was. And I knew that that just wasn't right. <laughs> That's not what yeah. should, should work. It should work the other way around. Mm-hmm. And so obviously, of course, the more I was running, the more I was eating. Um, and I now know that like sulfites and preservatives, they were basically just building up in my body. Um, and the more I ran, the hungrier I got and the more sulfites I was consuming. So then after I ran my half marathon, it was really hard. I used my inhaler the whole way to get me through it. Um, Definitely felt horrible, felt horrible for the three days after. And then I left for Amsterdam. And I was in Amsterdam for just a weekend trip with my friend. And we were there for four days, eating, drinking alcohol, um, eating food that wasn't cooked by myself, eating cookies and things that are not, you know, necessarily healthy. Mm -hmm. Definitely processed, a lot of processed food. Um, And then the Sunday we were there, the last day, I was pretty sick. I woke up in the morning, my stomach was sick. I was very foggy, very anxious. This was like kind of normal symptoms after a night being out and going out mm-hmm. to eat. Um, thought I was anxious about my flight home because I'm not really a big fan of flying. And that was the next- You and morning. me both, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't love it. Um, so then, so then I, I thought it was that. And then we went out to brunch and I had gotten eggs benedict with like French fries and mayo. I'm on vacation. <laughs> this is, yeah. you know, like I don't worry about what I eat. I'm, I'm just having a good time. Um, I, I did avoid nuts at this point. So I, I told people I was allergic to nuts. I didn't really know. This is like a whole part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And I had that meal and then my lips were numb. And I was like, this is strange. Again, thought it was anxiety. Um, my lips and my mouth were numb for about an hour, an hour and a half, really foggy out of it. Um, but I went through the whole day. We toured around the city. It was our last day there. And we went out to dinner and I ordered a salad. Um, just wanted to keep it light because my stomach was so sick. And then mm-hmm. I ate that, and immediately after I ate that, I had like a pit feeling in my stomach. I really felt like my stomach was so heavy, and I was like, wow, I don't know, something that salad really made me feel sick. I did not feel okay. I was really out of it, really foggy, but it was fine, and then we just went out. We went on, um, we went to like an ice bar there, which was great, and I had like one beer and a shot. You know, it was our last night in Amsterdam. It was mm-hmm. really late at night. We were just like going to fly home in the morning, so we got back to the hotel, and I was really feeling sick now. And then I, I think first I, I must've thrown up and then I'm like, right, something's really off. I'm not feeling right. And I started to shake, um, pretty badly thought maybe I was a bit anxious, but, um, that also happens when my blood pressure drops. And I had just known this from my history of symptoms. And then I took my makeup off and I was so flushed, like almost hivey. I've never really had rashes like that on my face and neck. And I had hives a little bit on my neck and the back of my neck. And I was like, something's really wrong. I could not catch my breath. Um, so then it progressed a bit and it got to the point where I realized, um, I was definitely anaphylactic. I, I've had this before. I had three or four anaphylactic reactions prior to this to sulfa medication. Weird. <laughs> and I realized that something was really wrong. I was facetiming my boyfriend at home in the United States and my mom at home. And I was telling them I was anaphylactic and, you know, they're like, just calm down. You're probably anxious yeah. about the flight. Um, just being the person that I've always been. 
So, yep, so I had, luckily had prednisone on me and I had my EpiPen, so I knew I would be okay. Um, I took prednisone, which is a steroid, which I knew would counteract the reaction. I had taken Benadryl, I was using my inhaler, um, Pepsi to calm my stomach down, and it's also an antihistamine. Just basically pulled myself out of that shock state, I think, um, barely enough to make it through the night. And I'm so lucky I did. I mean, my doctors, after I came home, were like, you're an idiot, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I did not want to go to a hospital in Amsterdam yeah. by myself. Uh, that was not going to happen. And I didn't mm-hmm. even know what I was allergic to. So if I had gone, they'd be like, what'd you eat? I'd be like, I have no idea. <laughs> um, and turns out they probably would have put sulfites in whatever they gave me. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so end of the day, I made it home alive. And I went to my allergist and I sat down with her. I've been seeing her for four years at this point. And I sat down with her and I said, I am allergic to something. I was like, I'm allergic to some sort of food. There is no doubt about it. And you don't just go into anaphylactic shock. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is not a thing. I thought it was like histamine. Maybe I was sensitive to histamine or my body was in shock from too much of a certain, I have no idea. I didn't know, but I told her, I was like, I'm not leaving until you give me an answer. Yeah. Um, and luckily she was super nice and she worked with me and then she was super nice about it. And she sat down with me and listened to my like history for the past six months, that whole weekend, what we walked through every single meal I'd eaten that weekend, um, the marathon training, the symptoms I had all the way back to May, lifelong symptoms, everything. And so she looked at me and she's like, I'm pretty positive you're allergic to sulfites. And I was like, oh, sulfites. Like, yeah, I can't drink wine. Like I've never <laughs> been able to drink wine. I, it makes me so yeah. sick. And she mm-hmm. was like, yeah, it's a lot more than, than just wine. Like it's in foods and stuff. I was like, oh, okay. She just handed me a list that is literally a printout of like a WebMD sulfite information sheet. And it's just like a top, like a highly sulfited food list, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it has things on it like sauerkraut and cornstarch and pickles and jarred olives and stuff and things that I've actually never eaten. Weird enough, probably because my body just didn't want it, didn't like yeah. it, knew that I couldn't have it. It probably never made me feel well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's how I got diagnosed. That's how I found out. And this is like my first impression of, you know, a sulfite allergy. So I go home and I'm like, okay, I just can't eat this food. Like I'll follow this list. That's fine. I like didn't even research. I just didn't think about it. Um, I didn't want to think about it until Monday. This was a Friday. <laughs> I was like, I just want to enjoy my weekend. So, I yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's how I got diagnosed. Um, and then, yeah, the story goes from there. And I learned quite a lot since then. But that is yeah. the whole story of my diagnosis. That sounds like a long journey. So along the way, were you ever misdiagnosed with anything? I know you kind of touched on that you maybe thought you had it just in that allergy. Was there any other things that doctors told you, like, this might be why you're feeling sick? Yeah, um, I have the, I think I have one of the longest history of misdiagnoses, <laughs> probably. Um, I, it can start from like, I guess, age 10 or 11. I don't even know. This, this is a definitely lifelong thing. Um, but my main misdiagnoses diagnoses <laughs> were IBS, definitely IBS. I, okay. after stopping sulfides, I do not have like an irritated, irritated bowel at all. I don't have, I have normal digestion. Everything is works well. It's fine. So IBS was like a cover up for whatever the heck was going on. Um, acid reflux. I do not have acid reflux anymore. I had chronic acid reflux my entire life. Asthma. I do believe I have asthma. Um, I don't think that's a misdiagnosis, but I do not think it is as severe as it was made out to be. And mm-hmm. I did not need to be on certain medications or things. I just needed a low dose regulatory inhaler um, and a rescue inhaler I, that I had for two years before my diagnosis. And I touch maybe once a month at this point. Um, it's, and I was using it every day. So, you know, that's a little bit of a misdiagnosis there. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, and of course, it's like, I, I mean, I have anxiety, but it was definitely like, like a lot of things were blamed on the anxiety when I knew mm. I just didn't feel well. Um, you really have to listen to your body, you know? So I knew yeah. that that was, <clears throat> that was like exacerbated. Um, I, I like basically I was diagnosed with vertigo because I would be dizzy all the time and I would be dizzy when I laid down because I don't know, I was always sick. Um, yeah. I, there's definitely more. Those are the main ones that I could think of and the most chronic ones that were impeding on my life. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I know I like a lot of people have IBS kind of like as a diagnosis. And then I feel like later on, they kind of feel like they find out that it was something else. Um, I feel like that's like a big, I don't know what to even call that, like a big sink for doctors to just kind of like throw, throw everything into like you have IBS, but I feel like so many people, it's more complex than that. Um, so that's really interesting that that's kind of what your doctor said um, at first. And I know you touched on this slightly, but what happens exactly like if you eat sulfites? It's like the anxiousness and then the flushness. Is there anything else? Yeah. So there, it, the funniest thing, oh, this isn't funny, but it's funny to me at this point. But <laughs> <laughs> the funny things about sulfites is that there's no one reaction. Um, it's not like I can drink a glass of wine and have the same reaction as if I were to eat bread that's not made by myself. Um, mm -hmm. They're all different. It really depends on the food I eat, but the, like I know I'm reacting if I have, um, the first key symptom is shortness of breath. Uh, mm -hmm. The main symptom of sulfite allergy is that you have asthma-like symptoms, and that's why it's related to the asthma. Um, that's the first one. The second one is like a flush, a red flush in your face. Um, that's just a reaction, like an enzyme reaction inside your body that comes with any food sensitivity typically, um, or, or obviously any allergy, if you eat something allergic to, you do get rashy and flushed. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I have an elevated heart rate. It's like very evident. I can feel it. <laughs> I feel like my heart is again just beat out of my head, I think. Um, and along with that comes a headache. And sometimes I have mouth numbness and mouth tingling. I had that the day of my reaction. Um, I've had that sporadically. It's very weird and it's immediate, which is not normal. Usually they're a little more delayed after mm -hmm. I eat something. Um, fatigue is definitely one, which is hard. The stomach upset, the IBS symptoms. If I were to eat anything with sulfites in it, I automatically know because my stomach uh, have like immediate acid reflux and like stomach upset. And I can just tell that my stomach is not right. Um, anxiety, definitely. It's, it's, and it goes along with the, the low blood pressure. I think my blood pressure drops and then I get anxious and it's like, am I reacting? Am I just nervous? I don't really know. Mm -hmm. um, it's really, so it's really hard to pinpoint what, what is wrong if I'm eating a food. Um, and especially when I'm out of the house, if I'm in a scenario eating food and I'm not like in a comfort zone, and I'm already a little on edge to begin with. Yeah. And I eat the food and I get nervous about eating the food and I'm like, am I reacting or am I just nervous? <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's like when you start to feel that anxiety, like it just keeps building up. Yeah. Um, definitely. So have you accidentally eaten a sulfite recently or was there a time like recently that you just kind of went for it? Like I know I had a little incident with gluten about like a year and a half back, but that was an accident. But like previously before that, sometimes I would just kind of be like, I kind of want a burrito, you know, it's like, yeah. you're just going to kind of deal with it. Has there only been like a time recently like that? Yeah. So it's funny because I do talk to people through my Instagram account. They found my account and I talk mm -hmm. to these people who are like, oh, I just, you know, I just eat this anyway, or I'll yeah. just eat sulfites if I really want it, or I'll pick mm -hmm. up, I'll go out to eat and just order whatever. If I like have really have a craving. And for me, that's terrifying. Um, I yeah. think it's a little different for me because I have been anaphylactic twice that, um, since, not since knowing, once since knowing, but once the one in Amsterdam that was really bad. Um, mm -hmm. So like, I don't risk anything. If I do it, it's accidental because I just, yeah. I know the consequence of it. So I would never, I, I would never, it, is, it was so scary. I've never been so scared in my life than mm -hmm. when I've been anaphylactic. And like, 
I can't even fathom doing that to myself. So I definitely would never do it intentionally. Like I, I understand anyone with a sensitivity like gluten or things like that. And if you're not anaphylactic, then I totally get where the temptation would be. But since I started off that way, there's no tempting me at all with sulfites. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think up until I was diagnosed last October, I didn't really mm-hmm. learn about it fully kind of until February. It took four months to really even cut sulfites out. And then February to July, I was still eating food that I was reacting to and just couldn't tell. Um, I think with the pandemic and like COVID anxiety and like not feeling well all the time because of that, it was very mm-hmm. hard to di- like dissect w- whether it was food or whether I was sick or <laughs> whether yeah. it was anxious. So what a crazy time to learn about a sensitivity, right? I mean, I, yeah. I really had to navigate that. And then I found in July, I, I was eating eggs at the time, egg whites, and I, I didn't really realize I was reacting to them. And I had egg whites and a not organic potato, which could have been sprayed with whatever. And I was anaphylactic mm-hmm. again. And that right there, I cut out like anything that I was eating that I maybe knew had a little bit in it. Like I, I used to eat like organic ketchup until this point and egg whites. Um, I was eating some chips that weren't organic potatoes, but had organic oils and like anything minimal. I was like, okay, that's it. I'm done. This is like, yeah. I'm not even going to risk this. I don't want them in my body. I don't want to like build up anything. Like this is not happening. So, um, so no, I, I think I'm pretty good. Knock on wood. <laughs> like, I don't think I, I poisoned myself anymore by accident, but yeah, at the beginning there was so much of accidental sulfite consumption. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Um, and that's mostly because this is something that's not black and white. They're not on labels. They're hidden in food labels. Yeah. They're so misunderstood. And like, I mean, they're not even recognized as an allergen or a true sensitivity yet. I, you know, so it's mm-hmm. very, very tricky situation to be in. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I feel like when you're talking about like how people will just be like, oh, like I'll just eat it. I think also a huge difference is with the gluten, at least like the past times that I've had it, it's kind of like a Russian roulette thing where it's like, sometimes it hurts my stomach like really bad to the point where like, it's like pain for the days or like there were some times when it was like nothing would happen. So it was like, I don't know, like, am I going to take that risk? And at after the last time I was like, yeah, I don't think that I'm going to be taking that risk anymore. It was yeah. so painful. And yeah, I completely get that where it's like, yeah, like you don't even want to like have to feel that again. Yeah. Um, it, and reaches, I, it reaches this point. It's like this, this no going back point where it's like, I, who wants to make themselves that sick? That yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, people who haven't been anaphylactic, I think don't get that yet. And I'm like, don't make this worse. Like you really don't want to be in my shoes. <laughs> like this is yeah. scary. Um, but mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you have to have that experience to like, really yeah, I know you have to really scare you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, so you're talking about kind of like it building up in your system. Do you want to elaborate a little bit more on that? Cause I know like with gluten and dairy, sometimes it's just kind of that one time thing, but it kind of sounds like with sulfites, it's like something that builds up in your system. Yeah, that's I, basically, that's a theory. Um, it's some, I've met with some dietitians who are like, no way, this is like an immediate reaction. I've met with some allergists who are like, no, it's how much you consume. And then some say, no, no one really knows. Like that's such the bottom line. No one knows anything. Um, I believe that it is a buildup strictly because of how I reacted initially with the, the, my half marathon training and then going on vacation and the amount I was eating um, versus when I came home and I was only eating a little bit, my reactions weren't as bad. So I, I definitely think it's how much my body is reacting to the amount of sulfites in my body. Um, that being said, I've also eaten things immediately and react. I've also eaten things and reacted immediately. So I, it's very hard to tell. And I don't think that we will know for a long time. But right now, 
the assumption among sulfite-free people is that it is a buildup of how many you eat. So if I eat some table salt today and I ate like some not organic or bleached flour tomorrow and then like a little bit of something at night, then I could react at night because it's in my body. My body's reacting to them. So it just like builds up. And that's how you get to be anaphylactic is that like, you know, buildup of a response because it's not a protein allergy, like a peanut or a dairy thing. So you don't immediately react, right? It doesn't immediate, yeah. immediately attack it. It's more like a systematic response, an immune system response that gets worse and worse with the more you're eating. So that's, that's the theory. <laughs> That's super interesting. And then you also touched on that it's not on nutrition labels. So is it, it's, it's not like on ingredient lists, like it won't say sulfites. Cause I know sometimes some things will say like sulfite free, but I don't know that I've ever actually seen sulfites like on a nutrition label. Yeah. And it's funny cause I didn't either until uh, besides wine, wine is like the one thing that people were like sulfites. Oh, wine. Yeah. And I was the same way. And I, I never, I never thought to look or pay attention to them before that. Um, when I first found out I was diagnosed, I'm like, oh, so I just need to avoid like things that have sulfites and are labeled. Um, for example, is the biggest one is wine. And then there's things like jarred jalapenos, um, pickled onions, certain uh, like onion soup mix, Lipton onion soup mix says contain sulfites. Like there are certain things, a lot of dried things like ma dried mashed potatoes, like very particular things on the list that will have um it's called it's like sodium metabisulfite or sodium bisulfite the actual sulfite ingredient in there added as a preservative but the problem is that um sulfites are also added to things to bleach them white so for example flour salt and sugar and so that's where it gets tricky where it's in other ingredients because things like xanthan gum and citric acid natural flavors is a big one like anything that's not a concrete like thing from nature that you can make or get from nature and make organic as a preservative um, was most likely going to have sulfites in it because they're going to have, they're mostly salt-based. They're used to preserve food and salt is like the biggest preservative. So if they're salt-based, they're most likely bleached. Like there's just so many different ways that I had to learn about ingredients because most ingredients that are used to preserve food have sulfites and it's crazy. And um, I had to learn about things like you know, uh, gums and emulsifiers and all these crazy things that yeah. I never thought I would learn. Um, so yeah, and basically anything like starches and things that are, are not natural, I do avoid. Um, and that is the bottom line for people who are, you know, allergic to sulfites is that any ingredient that is not organic and fr found from nature can have sulfites in it. So yeah, so, so it's a long list. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. So what flowers can you have? So I actually, this is one of the trickiest things about this is that I have to make all my own breads. Um, I, I can't go and get bread anywhere because I need to have unbleached and organic flour. So you'll see labels that say unbleached flour, but it's usually enriched. And when they enrich it, they're adding things to it um, that either make it white or make it a finer texture or something like that. Um, so I need to have that unbleached and then I need to also have it organic because I can't have things like molasses added or um, maybe molasses is the wrong one, but there's a certain ingredients that they do add to flowers that are, even if they're organic or unbleached. So I need that combination. So <laughs> I can't find it in stores, that combination where it's made without any other ingredients. Um, but yeah, so I, I actually make all my own homemade breads with my own. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I use that flour. King Arthur sells one, so it's a common okay. brand. And you, this is not super hard to find. I know Arrowwood Mills, I think the company is, they also mm -hmm. have one. Um, it's not extremely hard to find, but it is so important that I don't miss that unbleached and organic because 
um, when we first found out, my mom actually went and bought me like an unbleached flour. And we were like, oh, this is good. This is great. And I was eating rolls that I made with it for like a week. And I was so yeah. flushed and my chin was so rashy and I was having a hard time breathing and we could not figure out what the heck was wrong with me because we were all trying to navigate this at one time, the whole family. Mm-hmm. And then she went to go make more bread for me. And she realized that it was only unbleached and not organic. And like that is such a little thing. And it's so, it's such, such little writing on the package. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. So yeah, the flower is a big one. Um, so all my baked goods and everything have my safe flower that's organic and unbleached. That's nice that it's not like super hard to find the flower itself, but that, I mean, that sounds like a really time consuming process to make like all of your own breads. <laughs> yeah. I, I did think that at first. I'm like, who the heck makes bread? I am not I can, I can cook and bake, but I cannot make bread. And then yeah, right. <laughs> I actually found out I love it. Like I, it's so easy to make bread. I didn't know that it was, but I, my mom had brought me a bread maker, which I highly recommend people have bread makers because they are the key to the world. <laughs> but <laughs> I got this bread maker and you just, you literally throw the ingredients into the bread maker and just press start and walk away. And three hours oh, later, that's super nice. Like, it takes three hours, but three, you leave it on the counter and three hours later yeah. you come back and the bread is made like cooked and everything. It's good to go. So, I mean, it takes me a total of I don't know, three minutes <laughs> to make yeah. the bread and then <laughs> I come out and you have fresh bread and the whole house smells so good. Um, and I, yeah, and it's fun. I get to make, I make my own homemade tortillas, which are the best tortillas I've ever had in my <laughs> life. Um, and I make lots of other kinds of bread that I, I kind of make my own rolls, this and that. Um, and honestly, my family, we don't really buy bread anymore. Like we all just make, cause it's so easy to do. I never realized. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yeah, that's nice. It sounded, it sounded daunting at first, but it's actually really fun and it's very easy. I might have to look into that. Okay, so what is some other foods that you wouldn't think or wouldn't have thought have sulfites but do? Um, okay, yeah. So bread is a big one. Um, yeah. Honestly, this is this is going to sound so dramatic, but everything on a grocery store shelf. Like, okay. you wouldn't even believe how many sulfites are in food. There are times, like, I, I handle it very well. I'm just a positive person. And like, I'm not that I'm glad that this happened to me, but like, I've learned a lot and I'm able to help mm-hmm. others just because I have a positive attitude about it. And like, I kind of handle what comes my way because if you go into a grocery store and try to find things without xanthan gum, citric acid, starches, this, that, the lists that I have, like I, I share them on my website, the list is so long. If you try to find food without any of those in there, it is near impossible. Like if you don't know what you're looking for, you could spend days in the grocery store trying to find something. Um, because really anything that is, has a shelf life and is prolonged is preserved with something, even if it's as simple as just a natural flavor. Um, you know, you go down the seltzer aisle and every seltzer that's flavored has natural flavors in it. So <laughs> to find any sort of seltzer that's like, it's just crazy how much yeah. has um, these preservatives in it. And you know, if I go into the grocery store, obviously, and just buy organic fruits and veggies, I'm good. Um, that's not, that's not a hard part. And it's obviously taught me to eat a lot better because I now eat a lot more organic natural foods, but yeah, it's crazy. Um, I I mean, it goes down to even like cheeses, dairy, um, frozen things. (laughs) Really it's, it's anything you go into the grocery store and is not fresh, like not really from nature. Um, the exception to that is that I have learned what brands I can have. So I go into a supermarket and I'm looking for, you know, Organic Valley uncultured butter that has the yellow package. Like I know, I've learned Mm -hmm. to know exactly what to look for, but yeah, you would not even believe how many things have sulfites in them. Um, Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So can you have the Spindrift drinks? 
you know, honestly, the jury is still out on that one. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm not sure. I, <laughs> you know, I tried one last November. So this is right after I found out and I was still a mess. Okay. I was doing it all wrong. I had no idea mm-hmm. back then. Um, and I had them one night. I actually had like vodka sodas with them. Um, yeah. There's flavors in it. And, you know, I just was like, what do I do? Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't like it actually when I first tried it. So I don't, <laughs> it was that. And then I was still also eating other things that I was allergic to. So I I have no idea if that bothered mm-hmm. me. And then I really haven't tried it since. But I know that they use like organic juices and stuff. Um, yeah, because I think they brand it as like just the carbonated water and the flavor, like natural actual, like juice. actual flavor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not like natural flavors, but like actual natural flavors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's the, the Spindrift, and then there is one more, a very popular brand. Oh, Waterloo also is okay, the same. Yeah, they have the same kind of um, idea. And I, I just haven't given them a second shot, but you know, mm-hmm. mostly it's because I just drink plain seltzer and I add my own fruit. Yeah. Oh my I, gosh, add, super nice. I add lemons and limes and whatever flavor I want. So I don't feel the need to, eat, to drink them. You know what I mean? But I yeah. should give them another chance because like they're convenient and you know, it's something different. Yeah. yeah so that's, mm-hmm. maybe that'll go on my list of things to attempt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So how is eating out for you? Oh God. Yeah. This is like the toughest one. Um, yeah. I, I honestly cannot go out to eat. Mm-hmm. And that's going to sound like so depressing, but I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. You can still go. You just can't eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, this is like so selfish in the state of the world right now, but I'm like, Oh no, one can go out to eat. What is the <laughs> Yeah. I don't have to be like, Oh, I guess I'm just not going to eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so when I, when I was diagnosed, my allergist, you know, did tell me, she's like, yeah, basically just cook all your food at home. Like don't go out to eat, don't mm-hmm. drink this and that. And I'm like, okay, this yeah. does not align with the lifestyle I live. Like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm a very social person. Like, yeah, going out to eat is a big thing in my family. Like that's not going to happen. It's not realistic. So mm-hmm. when we were going out to eat up until February, I actually would just bring my food or bring a snack and I would just get a drink. I would just sit there and have a drink. Like yeah. me going out to eat, I've actually never loved. And I bet you it's because my body, I was felt sick. Going out yeah. to eat always made me anxious. I was always the person that had to like search the menu. And then I always ordered a salad, like, cause everything would make me feel sick. And then if we yeah. were out and going somewhere else after I'd be sick. So honestly, the toll on me, it's, it's not a big deal. I don't mind not being able to eat when I go out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are some times that like, I do wish that I could just go on a date with my boyfriend and like go yeah. sit and have dinner. Um, and I hope that one day I will, I hope that this, you know, either gets better or that people are more aware of it, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, until then we just do a lot of picnics and stuff <laughs> or I just bring that's them. fun. That's cute. Yeah. yeah. We just think of other ways to like go out to, to eat and when I eat with my family, like we'll just maybe make a family meal here or even just sitting outside. I don't, it has an impact to me significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I just bring my food with me. It's yeah. definitely no big deal again, because I'm so scared to eat other food. But mm-hmm. that, that also being said, I think that if I did have to go out to dinner or if it was a situation I wanted to, I could call ahead to the restaurant and explain to them probably the best bet would be to get a steak. Um, I didn't eat steak prior to this. I didn't really eat red meat, but I realized I had to because I'm so, um, it's so selective. Like there's only so many options I can have. So I need every mm-hmm. nutrient I can get. So I started yeah. incorporating red meat. Um, and steak would be the safest because red meat is not really as preserved as chicken. Um, chicken has like vinegar pads at the bottom and like is a pretty preserved meat. So yeah. I would definitely call ahead and be like, don't marinate the steak, no salt, nothing, you know, do my best to explain it. Um, and probably order that. I don't know what else I would get with it. 
maybe some like organic veggies. I doubt someone mm-hmm. would, would have organic, but I'd have to go to a pretty organic place, you know, like a farm yeah. to table place, something like that. So mm-hmm. it's tricky. But then at that point, it's like, is it worth it? I'll just bring this yeah. back. I'll bring it go back over our instead of the table and order a drink. Like that seriously, that's yeah. what comes into play is like the effort is not worth it. I will mm-hmm. just hang out. I'm totally okay. Yeah, I know. I feel like I always do that because I even just like with gluten and dairy, which is such so much more of a prevalent um, like dietary restriction than sulfites. I feel so weird at restaurants being like, hey, like, does this have butter? Like, I hate doing that. It makes yeah. me so uncomfortable. So yeah, like I completely get where it's like, you know what? I might as well just kind of eat something at home and like maybe have like the chips. I don't know. Like <laughs> something yeah. that they put on the table. Yeah. Um, I Yeah. So do you have any other like stark allergies um, besides the sulfites? Like are all nuts under sulfites or can you have like organic nuts? Oh yeah. That was, I guess I missed that in the um, misdiagnosis um, because I, I don't have other allergies that I know of. Um, All Mm -hmm. a blood test, IgE, all my tests have come back um, negative for any sort of other allergy. And that was when I was 17, I was diagnosed with a nut allergy via a skin test. So that mm-hmm. was strange, but I think I was very inflamed at the time and it was a sulfite reaction. Um, that's because peanuts are more likely treated than other nuts. So, and they're also grouped together with eggs, onion, uh, garlic, broccoli, and I think one more thing. There's like a group of foods that I don't eat because I, for some reason, people who have sulfite issues react to them. So peanuts are in that group. Mm-hmm. So I don't eat peanuts still, but every other nut is free. <laughs> like I can, I can go ahead and eat anything that's organic. Um, I love almonds. I discovered I love almond butter, but yeah, I didn't eat nuts for seven years because I thought I was allergic to them <laughs> because I was misdiagnosed with an allergy. So very strange, but yeah, but I still avoid peanuts and that's going to stay that way for a long time because it's in that grouping of foods that I really react to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't tried cashews, so that's where that stands. But yeah, no, I don't have to have any other stark allergies that I know of besides seasonal allergies. <laughs> yeah. And how has your sulfite allergy like as a whole changed how you look at food? Oh, in the best way. That's all I have to say. No, it, it's, it's actually been a blessing in disguise. Um, there's been a lot of benefits that came from this and I love to look at those benefits because to start, I'm so much healthier. I'm obviously not sick. I'm not eating food that's making me sick. Um, my immune system has returned because it is no longer attacking the food I'm eating and now it can fight mm. off other things. Um, I basically learned how to eat. I was never like a vegetable eater. I knew about eating healthy in the sense of like, I eat egg whites and like I ate like protein and things, yeah. but I, I didn't eat a lot of vegetables or fruit as much as I should have been. And I had to relearn how to eat entirely and I learned in the best way. So even like everything that I can eat is obviously preservative free. Um, Mm. It's organic, it's natural foods. So it's definitely been the biggest benefit is that I like learned how to eat and I'm so much healthier. Um, And then, yeah, not only that, I obviously have my food page, my blog, which I didn't have any intention of starting without this allergy. (laughs) I never thought that that would be it. Um, I work in an industry completely different than like, you know, food blogging and things like that. Um, But yeah, it's been great. I I love that I have that outlet um, on Instagram and I love that I have a community that I can share this with and people who come to me for help um, because I find that really rewarding. And I think it's just, you know, a benefit that's come out of this all. Um, And I'm sure there's plenty more, but yeah, my, it's just, it's just been positive. I don't see it as a negative at all. That's awesome, especially to find that silver lining in it. So would you say that like sulfites are bad for everyone or like in your opinion, or do you think that it's just people that have sulfite allergies? 
Yeah, so this is this is something I think about daily, actually. Even when I write my posts about preservatives or I talk about them with other people because I'm not trying to scare anyone to, into, like, going crazy and, like, eating preservative-free. Yeah. I do not recommend that um, because it is, like, you know, I'm living through it, and I know that it's incredibly difficult, and it makes life stressful and challenging, and it's near impossible unless you, like, really have to. So I would never, ever say to, like, everyone, don't eat preservatives like that because it's just not realistic. Um, and you know, that's how our food industry works. Um, if mm. things weren't preserved, there wouldn't be enough food, I don't think, for all of us. We don't have to be farmers. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that, I think, is, like, my main line about it, but I also do think that people should be aware of what they're eating. Um, it's funny, because I learned, like, there are obviously worse ingredients than others, um, and, you know, something that's so common, even, like, xanthan gum, like, I see people like just buy straight up xanthan gum to put in their foods. And that's something that like doesn't exist in nature. Um, and so for me, it's like, ah, I know how that's made and processed. And like, if I see someone buying it for baking and stuff, I'm like, oh, you can just try an alternative or you don't really need to add it and things like that. Because that's like, there's certain things where I'm like, it's not natural at all. Like this is like a, ma a complete man-made thing that's in sunscreen, lipstick, make like it's not natural it just should not be in food yeah but there's certain things like that where I'm like oh this is like kind of scary and I I don't like alarm people I'm not like oh you should never eat this yeah. <laughs> it's, it's your choice and like realistically if I could eat them I would still eat some of that uh, you know mm -hmm. but I do think that like generally people trying to reduce ingredients that are harmful or just completely not natural like that is important um and it's definitely a contributor to like overall health so um yeah, so preservatives, I, they're good, they're necessary, but I also love eating preservative-free now, and I would not voluntarily go back to eating certain things like xanthan gum, um, to be just to pinpoint one, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So now to kind of move into what I call the fast money closing questions, <laughs> um, what is your favorite way to move your body? Uh, run, I love to run. <laughs> That's definitely a, an outlet. <laughs> yep. And what is your favorite recipe to make? Oh my God. I actually, it's simple, but I love my sun butter granola bars. They are so simple. There's five ingredients, but they have the best flavor combination and they're, they can be breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, snacks, anything. <laughs> You'll have to send me the recipe. My mom is allergic to nuts. So oh my God, she loves yes. sun butter. And they're nut free. They're, ve they're vegan. They're so good. They're for okay, perfect. She's got to try them. Okay. So how do you define clean eating? Uh, I define clean eating, I would say in two different ways. Honestly, this is going to be long-winded, sorry. But uh, no clean, problem. Eating, clean eating for me is eating entirely preservative-free um, because that's my version of clean and that's my cleaner foods. Mm -hmm. um, I try to not use clean as much as some people do just yeah. because it's, you know, almost like clean and dirty, like good and bad. I don't want to label foods mm -hmm. like that. I don't yeah. think clean foods are healthy I personally have to view clean foods as no sulfites. So like my organic potato chips are a clean food, <laughs> so, yeah. but that's, that's for me. Um, in the general perspective, I would not identify like foods as clean because um, mm -hmm. I don't think that's the best way to look at it. Um, same thing as healthy versus not healthy. You know, you need the balance of it all. Um, yeah. So yeah. But for me, I personally do call things clean food versus not clean food because for me, I don't have to, I can't have preservatives and that's just, they need to be clean and I use it freely when I really shouldn't as much as it. But <laughs> Yeah. I feel like it's, it's been so like demonized in the diet, especially like the diet industry, like putting foods into like good versus bad. So I always think it's so interesting to hear like what people 
like define it for themselves as. Yeah. <laughs> um, and last, what is one thing that you'd want your followers to know about you that they wouldn't get from your page? This is hard. And you know, it's, it's actually hard because I am so open. Like I don't, I don't have like anything that I don't yeah. share. Mm -hmm. Um, I am like an oversharer if anything. Um, wow. That is a tough one. Can be anything, just like a fun fact about you, like something you like to do besides like what you'd share on your page, anything. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess like my biggest thing that I don't really talk about as much is probably that oh wait actually no let me let me answer this in the way that I think is best um I would say that it is that I have a background in um, writing and communications and I also have an MBA in business so it's funny because I didn't ever imagine starting a blog um or an Instagram page but and I did and I also didn't think that I would use my communication and writing degree as much as I have um, but not only in my job right now, I use it a lot, but also <laughs> starting a blog. It has been so helpful. I, I feel yeah. like it was like, des I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I picked these majors in college and I got degrees that I just wasn't sure but would give me general skills. But my communications and writing degree have been so crucial to starting a blog and an Instagram page. Like I am using everything that I learned in college and it feels awesome. Um, and that's probably something I don't talk about because I don't really see it's pertinent to my food stuff. It's just like yeah. logistics of my, my blog and Instagram. But yeah, I have like a background in this. So it's really cool that I get to utilize that alongside my business degree that I have at, for, you know, for my real job. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So I get to like put it towards a hobby that's not like a full-time job, but it's so pertinent to my degrees. And like, I loved learning about communications and writing. So I love that I get to utilize that every day. That's so awesome that it like all kind of came full circle, especially really that did. you didn't even expect it to. Yep. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, tell the listeners where they can find you. Yeah, uh, great. You guys can find me um, on Instagram at The Natural Eater. My website is thenaturaleater.com. I'm newly on Pinterest at The Natural Eater. <laughs> and I think that about sums it up. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. All right. Thank you for having me.